For all of you who listen to Mackie Second Floor Studios Presents Submersion and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app, and I love it. I can search for the podcasts I want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them all just a click away. Make sure to set Mackie's Second Floor Studios as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 23. Woo! There we go. Back at it. We made it. We are. What's 23? 23, is that the renting a car? That's a number. LeBron James, suck it, Jamie. More like uh, Michael <laughs> Jordan, am I right? Get out of here. Wait, did uh, did Boston lose or something? I must have missed um, that. I don't know. I feel like I also missed it. I have it TV'd, <laughs> so don't tell me what happened. Still trying to wait sure. for it. I'm sure you didn't see any headlines. Nope, didn't see it at all. Your boy uh, Ricky Buckets helped them out quite a bit. He could have because they played terribly. They could have used <laughs> anyone, literally anyone, to shoot a basket. Yeah, that game Not seven me. was a disaster from... Both sides. Both sides. Both sides, not great. I mean, 79 points. That's not bad, right? In basketball? Welcome, yeah, welcome to Hoops Cast. <laughs> College basketball, Where we maybe. talk <laughs> So, yeah. Memorial Day just happened. Anybody do anything fun or interesting, maybe even semi-dangerous? I uh, went to Putin Bay. Hey. That's semi. That's all those things, oh, yeah. all in one. The crown jewel. I don't know what that is. What the is crown it? jewel of North Ohio. Little it is island, a party island, yeah, full of bars and swim up bars and all that good stuff. It was a blast. I was up there three three nights. Got uh, pretty knackered and uh, enjoyed the pool and you know you know how it goes. Just got to relax a little bit. It even has the world's longest bar. It did. Really? God, I, yes. went, I so, went there you know two what? nights. I've heard of this place. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of this place. I know. I know what you're talking about. Went to the longest. I'm in the bar. know. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> went to the longest bar two nights kyle and mustang sally was playing uh not a sponsor I saw, I saw your snaps it's like this grandmother who just rocks out so hard and is she playing the same songs oh, back yeah. to back nights oh yeah she had a she had, they have an acdc tribute now which is really cool uh where they do like a medley of uh four or five acdc songs and again grand grandma is the lead vocalist and it's pretty good it's pretty good. I saw her banging on drums in your Snapchat. Yeah, with, uh, pyrotechnics, flaming. Yeah, uh, drumsticks that were lit on fire. It's like, I can't ever imagine my grandmother doing this type of stuff. It was great. What about you guys? Friends in town, just hanging out. Not, not Nothing to write home about, pretty much, for me. I accidentally lit my deck on my house on fire. Nice. Yeah, so I had to cut a section of it out so I can repair it. Oh, there you go. How'd you do it? Tell us more. <laughs> well, I was uh, I was burning scrap wood in a raised fire thing, which I've done many times on this deck, and then it just caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> and now, ironically, I'm going to have even more scrap wood because I had to go buy more wood to fix this. <laughs> Good times. 
Yeah. No, I didn't have anything. I kind of just uh, hung out. We had friends in town um, from Sunday into Monday. Uh, we did, me and Kyle did run a race, a we race, did. the race that Kyle almost died on last year. Yes. He did survive this time. I'm happy to report he's not a spooky ghost. He's a real person sitting Ooh, in front of me. That's good. It was probably, was it, was it as hot this year? It was hotter. It was tw- about 10, 20 degrees hotter. It was 96, I think. Holy yeah. cow. They even had to cancel the full marathon and the 20 miler because yeah. it was so hot. Yeah, it broke records here for uh, for Memorial Day temperatures and all that. But we all survived. I ran okay. I ran a time that was comparable to what I've done before, but uh, it was the slowest of the times I've run this race. So I pretty much had to kill myself. Don't worry about it. So you are a spook- spoopy ghost. I am a spooky ghost because I killed myself. Very Great. Good. How about you, Zach? <laughs> um, you know what I did? I uh, went to see a little movie called Solo. Mm. Um, you know, did that one live up a little bit better, or was that as it, horrible as? I mean, it was it was better than I expected it to be. I okay. mean, if I mean, I followed the production cycle a lot, so I was expecting a pretty awful movie, but I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. It was entertaining. It was, I mean, no boring parts. That was it. Um. Yeah, well, can't say can't say that about this uh, <laughs> opening we have right now. No boring parts. <laughs> oh, what the six minutes it takes to hear dialogue? <laughs> there we go. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> Seamless transition. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control, and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Zach, I know you love this one. What movie did we watch this week? Well, everybody, we watched... The Neptune Factor. Boom. And this is a film from, when was it from? 1974. Well, it looked like it was older because it looked like shit. It really did. And And did you notice how it said at the beginning when the title came up, The Neptune Factor, an underwater odyssey. Yeah, Yeah. they really were putting that in a lot of spots. Uh, That was was a subtitle in certain releases. Mm -hmm. It was released in some countries under that title. There was even like the writer released, I think the book, based on this or something uh was called underwater odyssey so like wow a lot of people yeah they really really like that i guess they for some reason they just didn't make it the title it would have been more appropriate neptune factor really doesn't mean anything no it really doesn't i mean neptune i guess the neptune which is the submersible was a factor in the rescue but like whoa 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 what's that no spoiler alert yeah don't want to spoil it right now that's true um, so anyway, we got a couple people we've seen in some other submarine yeah, movies. Walter this, Pigeon. Yep. Walter Pigeon plays Dr. Samuel Andrews. We oh. also saw him in our other favorite movie, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. That piece of shit. Uh, Ernest Borgnine plays Chief Diver Don Mackey, or McKay, sorry, <laughs> goes by Mac. 
And he was in Ice Station Zebra. Right. And we have him in some other ones too. He's in Torpedo Run and we're going to watch that at some point. Yep. So he just loves submarines. He was in the Navy, I think, and stuff. And he was. He also, uh, by all accounts, just never said no to a role that was offered him. So yeah. I'm sure someone saw him in a, a submarine film and was like, hey, I have a submarine film. Do you want to be in it? And he was like, yep. <laughs> Sweet. Don't need to see now. Don't need the script. Don't worry about it. And we also had Ben Gazzara. Yep. Who played Commander Adrian Blake. And I and everyone knows him as the bad guy from Roadhouse. Ooh. Yeah, it's a weird, weird bad guy for a film. But I guess in this film, you can kind of see he's a little bit like, I don't know, monotone. Just like a weird just like there. robot person, I guess. And then Yvette Memu. Yeah. Looking hot. Smoking hot. Dr. Leah Jansen. Yep. Wanted to say Johnson. Nope. And she's the love interest of uh, the person who runs the Ocean Lab that we are focused on. And so anyways, we open in thrilling fashion, seeing a small submersible floating about what looks like a sea lab, an ocean lab. Uh, they are focused around Bermuda, off of Bermuda, um, on one of the mountains, uh, the underwater mountains nearby there. And uh, they are doing oceanographic research in this like habitat. They're basically building like a world down there. So we open with them kind of floating around. You see people, divers and stuff. And I guess this footage was cool. I mean, if you're in, if you're into scuba diving, there's there's a lot of it. There is. So, it's all like silent during it, basically. Yeah, and then they have a one guy like freak out, and it's so because they're underwater and they're moving so slow, you can't really tell what they're doing. Yeah. So he just kind of like flails around for a while with like a wrench in his hand, and then someone comes over and is like, "Stop!" But they're going so slow, mm. and then. I was like, I guess he was angry or something. I don't know. It's hard oh, to tell. You couldn't kill anybody underwater with and a like, wrench like that. No, not at all. They would try to hit it. And then- <laughs> You're like, ah, yeah. I, I can't move that fast. I mean, I tried it. Didn't work. Weird. <laughs> yeah, person lived. And then- Mythbusters. <laughs> this is my our face. second Still underwater wrench in a submarine <laughs> film. That's true. And it never works very well. It oh, doesn't. below was the other one, right? No. Well, that's true, I guess, too. Uh, I was thinking- Submarine uh, X1. Submarine X1, where they oh. have Jay trying to do that wrench. He doesn't know how to use the wrench. That guy was really bad at using So wrench. mark that, mark one down in the wrench column on your- For our trivia episode, yeah. another wrench. Wrench. So, yeah, below, that's um, a good point too. That's three wrenches then. Three wrenches. And so they they head up into the, the lab and we get to meet some of the characters finally. These people that are we're going to be with for a long time and we better get to know their personalities because Stevens, he's the hothead and- we get uh, Ernest Borgnine and he's like the Mac, I guess his name is Mac. And he mm -hmm. kind of runs things. He's more like an operations manager. The doctor who's in there is really the guy who runs the whole experiment. And Mac kind of takes care of everyone and, and organizes the actual like building of the place. Yep. And he's like, he's such a hothead. I got to fire him. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, you don't have to fire him. He's like, no, I got to do it. Mm -hmm. So he goes over and then he goes to Stevens and he goes, Stevens, you're fucking fired. Okay. And he doesn't say it that way because this is probably like what a G movie. It is. Pretty I wish he would have. That would have been great. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. You're foyered. You're foyered. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Steven's like, come on, man. It's a hundred dollar an hour job. You really can fire me from that. I, so, so what? I get a little heated sometimes. And he's like, no, like you're endangering the crew. We don't, we can't have you around here. And they're like, okay. And everyone's feeling bad. And, and he goes over to the doctor and is basically like, you make all the decisions around here. Like, come on, keep me on. Like, well, we'll we'll discuss it when we're up on the boat for R&R. &R. Like, Mainly because he it. doesn't want him to freak out and probably kill him on this. Maybe. They're in a very tiny. Uh, that's actually the other funny thing. They're like, all joking about how like much real estate there's going to be. Look at how much everyone's going to live down here. Like, yeah. we're building this habitat. 
they're literally in like what would be like this podcast studio we're in. Like it's like the smallest yes. place with like nine people in it. Yeah. Even the one guy is freaking out because yeah. he's claustrophobic. Well, so yeah. So we have um, Mac and his second in command or whatever mm-hmm. start heading up. Ernest Borgnine and his second in command, they start heading up. Time to time to go surface. We're then meet up with the Triton. Yeah, so they're heading up to the Triton, and they go all the way up there, and they're kind of like equilibrating. So they, for like scientific purposes or something, it seems like it's not actually necessary. They imply, but they have to sit in this little like equilibration chamber. And then they once they're up, they send Stevens and this other anonymous person up as well. And then while they're waiting for the, those two people to go up, they're kind of chit-chatting. And one guy is like super claustrophobic. And you'd think that somehow this would be very important to the plot. Why are we going to this extent to know what this person is? He's very claustrophobic. He's taking pills. And you know what? He's not going to be able to work next season. You know, yeah. he, just, he just can't do it. It's, he's tried meditation. He's tried, he's tried breathing exercises. And, and he even tried praying. Yes. And they, his lines. it's not for lack of trying. Good for you. Whatever. You know, and good for you for being like a character that we're going to come to. Oh, there's an earthquake. (laughs) (laughs) So while the team are surfacing, there's an earthquake under underwater and essentially the lab disappears. We see it like kind of tumble around, but like it's gone in the end. Rolls off a cliff. Yeah. And we don't know what happened to the other two divers that were still surfacing. And so everyone freaks the fuck out. They're like, oh my God, there was an earthquake. There's going to be aftershocks, but we got to go and try to find people. So we have uh, Mac and uh, or Ernest Borgnine and his friend. And then uh, the lady scientist. Leah Jansen. Leah Jansen. So we meet her. She is actually the fiance, it seems to be, or girlfriend, or maybe something, like something to the doctor who's running everything. Mm-hmm. Even the doctor's like, you know, they're like, oh, when are you going to marry her? And it's like, oh, if only she'd say yes. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. And then, um, but she's all like freaking, I got to find my like l- love. And so she goes on the diving thing as well. And they start searching around and they can't see anything. I mean, they see where it was. They see all the debris and stuff, but they don't see anything down there. Yep. They try to dive a little bit further, but she gets all like uh, disoriented, almost like in the abyss. When like yeah, I think they were diving too deep. They went too deep, and and her brain got all like scrambled. Like yeah. she couldn't, she didn't know up from down. She got delirious, and they had to like rescue her and bring her back up. And so what do they do? They call in the big guns. Right. They say we need a submarine. Yeah. And in the meantime, also the, the the two people who are surfacing, Stevens and the other guy, have been found dead. So those two people have died. And yep. so they, but they don't know what happened to the ocean lab. And they're like, they call up the navy, the Canadian navy. At, the, at first, you're like. Thinking it's like a normal movie. This is not. This is a Canadian movie. <laughs> it is not the same. Once I realized that, I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> like, there wasn't even a hockey have, scene. He's like, what have we done? It's a blasphemy. <laughs> and uh, they they call up the Canadian Navy and they're like, hey, we need like a submarine stat. And the guy's like, I don't have any submarines. And then like, wait, we just got a telegram. I actually do have a submarine right here for you. And he's like super, it's funny. He like gets the telegram. He's like, oh boy. You see him get a smile on his face. He's like, we got someone going your way. And they call up the whatever, the Royal Navy. And I forget the name of the submarine, but it was an Oberon class uh, submarine, uh, one of the Canadian, that's how, the reason I definitely knew it was the Canadian Navy, Canadian uh, submarine. And they send them on over. And then we start skipping through time like crazy. Like we're skipping like Because the submarine hours. was there and yeah. then just gone. 
Well, yeah, and it's like, it's like the blink of they an say, eye. okay, they have air and supplies for seven days, basically. In well, this the people thing. in the sea lab do. In the do. sea lab do. So you've only got seven days to yeah, find Yeah, seven days. days. And then all of a sudden, the next time we see like anything really is they're getting a call from the submarine being like, hey, we've searched for 72 hours straight. Like, we can't find anything. We can't go any further down, which is, come on. Like, you can do it. I think they could do it. I mean, I just need them to be like, we can't go down there. That would be below crush depth. And then I would be like, uh, yeah, yeah now it's mark. a 10, now it's a 12 inch sub. Mm-hmm. But uh, as it was, it was not that. <laughs> so then they call in Ben Gazzara. Yeah. So the submarine's basically like, peace, I'm getting out of here. And they leave. And so instead they call in like a research vessel who's, who's already been on the way. So mm-hmm. we see the, uh, the, what's called the Neptune show up and it's basically like, a f- it's like decorated with a Canadian flag and stuff. It's kind of crazy. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like super Canada. And like, it's like this little submersible and we see a, a landing of Air Canada, like really hammering into your head now that this is yeah. Canada. Like, no, no, no. Like, this is not a normal movie. You're not in America. You're in fucking Canada now. So be prepared for some pretty sweet action, eh, boys? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the guy picks him up. He's like, you didn't even bring a coat? He's like, no, when I came from Atlanta, yeah, I didn't think I'd have to have one. Yeah. So he's going off and he's going to be piloting this thing. And really, we find come to find that Ben Gazar is more of like a... He's part of like the um, insurance company. Yeah, because uh, he's he's going here he to just by. assess the damage, and they think he's coming for rescue, but he's really there to assess damage. Yeah, and it's Walter pre- Pigeon's like, what? yeah, basically, he's no, like, save them. He's like, real, I'm real old. <laughs> I can't act that long. How about you do it? And like the lady stepped in and did like a bunch of stuff, <laughs> and was like. No, we think they could still be alive. They still got they still got twenty four hours left of of air and stuff. And he's like, fucking no, whatever. He's like, like I don't know them. They're your boys. What yeah, up? Yeah, I'm not gonna risk my life for it. I don't want your life. And then all of a sudden, boom! They launch the Neptune. Yeah. So they, in they the climb water. and they're like, fine, whatever. Get in here, Ernest Borgnine. Get in, anonymous person number two. And the lady was like, okay, I'm not gonna come this time. But if you screw it up, I'm definitely coming next time. So quink. And then they go off in their little submersible and they pilot, they poop around for a little bit. And they look around, they're like, hey, we didn't see anything. And he's like, I'm going to take some pictures. And they take some pictures. And then eventually he's like, we're running out of battery. He's like, we can't turn back. And he's like, I'm running out of battery. And then they just like turn back. And I'm like, this is, what the fuck is this movie? Like, yeah. <laughs> I see a movie with a poster where there's like giant fish attacking people. Yeah. I was like, like a, a legit looking monster. Sea monsters. Straight up. That's what I was promised. And an all they've done, what have they done so far? They've like had an earthquake where something was lost and then they've tried f- and failed to find any trace of it for like an hour. Yeah. Uh. It, yeah. Because at this point, I mean, they even like find something that's metallic. So they think, oh, maybe that's it. It's just an anchor. It's just like an anchor. And then, you know, Mac just comes back. He's like, the ocean's a junkyard. Yeah. He's like, what a junkyard. And that's it. Yeah. And then, and then. They find some, you know, the special seaweed so then they're that reviewing, doesn't grow at that yeah, they're, they're reviewing the tape and they're like, see, see that seaweed, like that's, that's not from there. That must've been pulled down by the thing, by the sea lab. And the woman who's like a, whatever, marine biologist is like, yeah, that's right. And he's like, well, there's no way you can tell from that. Like if I'm going to go any deeper, like I need someone on board to be the expert and tell me if it's for sure that, and then we'll go. And she's like, well, I'm the expert. It's like, I would have bet on it. Yeah. And, it was a really kind of weird interaction. And you're like, wait, is she, is he hitting on her or is he like real angry at her? It's hard but you to can't tell because the inflection in that guy's voice doesn't change at all throughout He's the like, entire movie. I am Ben Gazzara. I would have bet on it. And it's like, oh, okay. I will now pilot the Neptune. <laughs> 
down to a depth of approximately 300 feet. And so he like pilots around again. And it is a But kind of- at this point, they, because he was reluctant, they say, all right, we're going to put you on a tether. Yeah. And you think this would be a much bigger point than it was. You're like, okay, we're going to be on the tether so that we can just kind of like not go too deep. And you basically. can reel us back in if we, we reel run it out. back in and we don't have to worry about batteries and stuff like that. It's like, fine, whatever. And so he goes down there and she's like, okay, we can't get any further. It's so funny. It's like, you're going to be on this tether and they get exactly the same distance away from the seaweed as they were before. Yeah. It's like, well, what the fuck? What's the point? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, this was worthless. <laughs> Come on, figure it out. Like that tether was like perfectly not long enough, just perfectly not long enough yeah. for what you need to do. So she's freaking out. Because she needs to get a little closer to be able to yeah. identify it. And then she does lose her shit. Yeah. And just pulls the tether. It's like, Tether's releases gone, it. Releases it. And they, they struggle, they get control and they zoom down to the seaweed and they're like, okay, yes, it's the seaweed. And if this sounds boring to the listeners, let me assure you, it is even more boring when you're watching it as a film because <laughs> my God, like they just spent an hour and five minutes getting to the point where they, the main crux and climax of this is them looking at a piece of seaweed and being like, yep. Like, yeah, okay, maybe it rolled maybe this we'll, way. Yeah, maybe it rolled down that cliff. Cool. <laughs> like, but they're probably still dead, as I keep talking about it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What is this? Where are the sea monsters? Yeah. And so they decide- They descend into this little fissure. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to go. We'll go. But like, you better believe I'm going to turn around if I've got to- He's also seemingly getting some like begrudging respect for everyone. He's kind of like, Okay. Yeah. Like, it's getting coffee, like actually like takes the coffee and, and all this kind of stuff, whatever. And so they go into this fissure and they're a little worried about um, the aftershocks because they, they had a previous aftershock where they bunch of got, got a bunch of sand fall on them and they were like, oh boy, like that's bad sand. And then uh, he's like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do it right. Let's go down there. And as they go down, they start to see. The temperature goes up. Temperature goes up. Everything becomes fluorescent because these plants are giving off light. And, and everything gets huge. Yeah. And everything's huge. So they're seeing the seaweed and it's just like giant seaweed. Now, the only thing I will say is like, at this point, shouldn't Ben Gazzara have been like, oh, that seaweed's just from this crazy portion of the ocean that has like all this plant life. It's like, how you would, would you, think. how would you know that the seaweed wasn't from that portion of the ocean when it's giant fucking seaweed and giant fish everywhere? Like you yeah. knew nothing about this ocean. <laughs> like <laughs> You know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning around <laughs> and pilots away from the giant fish, but they're seeing all kinds of, they're seeing giant fish kind of climb out. They see like a lobster, like clickety clack, like about, they yeah. start to get into like a little bit of like, they almost run into the lobster. They're trying to keep control around all these giant like organisms that exist in this area. Oh yeah. Cause there's an underwater current. It kind of throws them into yeah, the throws side them into of a wall, cliff. throws them and they almost run into the lobster and then they're like, oh shit, what's that? And it's a, one of the, there's a fish. What's the fish called? Triggerfish. No, 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 Clown no. Trigger? So you, That's you skipped, you've skipped. So oh, I, skipped the really, this, I skipped the really exciting part. Yeah. Before <laughs> this, they also, they go over top Impossible. of something and it sets off the magnetic sensor again. So mm. Mac gets on out of the, of the Neptune and he goes over and he retrieves it. But, oh, what's this? It's a lionfish the size of a football field. Holy shit. And he has to escape. And he's like. But he just hides behind some weeds. And then he gets, and then he escapes and he gets back and he's like, did you guys see that? And they were like, no, not really. And he's like, okay. <laughs> That's really what happened. He's like, oh, I got a piece of the, the submarine or the sea lab. Yeah. And like, cool, cool. Okay, let's go. Let's keep yeah. going. So, yeah. Then they just. 
keep on moving along. Yeah. They find a trigger fish and that this is really is like a big part of it because the trigger fish is like, oh man, I definitely want to ram this this uh, little submersible. And it does. It's like it's real aggressive. They try to be real quiet, but it's like, and it starts like ramming it. Yeah. Cool. And then. Then it crashes to the seafloor. Yep. And they 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 have a bunch of stuff like broken. Oh and yeah. Ben Gazzara and and Ernest Borgnine have to go back and they try to fix everything. So they've lost all their power and stuff like that. And then what and shows like, up? A giant effing crab. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it it's starts up. pushing them. And they're almost pushing to the sea the, to the edge. They would fall all the way down and get crushed. They would implode. Kind of like in the abyss. This is really just like the abyss. So if you're thinking of like watching either this or the abyss, it's really just like. Half dozen, six the other. Like, they're the same movie. So no, just shoot No, them. watch The Abyss. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a little spoiler alert for what some people think about this movie. I think it's just as good as The Abyss. And uh, so then they get the, they get, they're able to get it back going. And they're just, I don't even know, like, what this movie was thinking. At times, it's just like, they even, they mention specifically what's like, what's wrong with the circuits that they're working on. Yeah. And Ernest Borgnine's like, I got the piece. And he's like pushing the piece in. They're showing every single thing like of this portion of it. I'm like, no, no one does this. This isn't how a movie's made. It's right. not like, okay, uh, the viewer's going to be really confused as what's happening. Uh, we have to explain what's uh, wrong with the thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, it burst uh, something or other. And they're like, okay, well, now we have to show them fixing it. It's like, what? Just fix it. I don't know. There's <laughs> even a funny part where there was, there was some kind of sonar ping and Gazara was talking about something. He's like, I helped design this. I yeah. know what you're talking about. He's like, so, so good. Speak. So I can speak shorthand to you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it leaves the- us all in the dust. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, what the hell did he just say? It's like, there is no Doppler effect. It's like, cool, 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 cool. So anyways, they keep on floating around. They find the ping. They're going to turn around because they only have like 45 minutes left of battery. Yeah, 15%. And they're pretty low. Uh, but they're like, okay, this ping will investigate. So they start investigating the ping and- Oh boy, howdy! Do they find that sea lab? And it, it looks like it's been blown out. Okay, so they are all dead. Obviously, Bengazar is like and just zooms away because like fuck it. But they're like, wait, no, no, no! Actually, they're all over there because a bunch of eels were attacking the thing at the moment that we were about to rescue them, and they had to escape. And now they're sitting in that cave. Perfect. And so they look over, and there's three people in this cave. And you're watching them. And of course, they're all in scuba suits. So you can barely know who they are. Scuba suits technically have their names on them, but mm-hmm. we don't know who these people are. So we don't know their names. So none of it's like, I'm like, I don't know who any of you are. One guy leaves the cavern for reasons unknown. He must have went insane or something. And he gets eaten straight up by those eels. And it was the worst, worst death effect. scene. It doesn't even make sense. Like, I just no. like, you watch it, just like, really? It's like, like his, we could actually have done better. I know. I was 100%. telling my wife about this. Yeah. It's like, because everything is done with these weird effects of like an aquarium. So everything is actually done with real live animals, but kind of like with people positioned in such a way that it looks like they're nearby them, or it's just looking through a window or portal, yeah. porthole and seeing the, uh, what is just a video of like an aquarium. Yes. All right. Which so anyway, looks like shit. It does. Yeah. It looks like garbage. Mac goes out because he needs to distract the eels to get these dudes away and get them back home. And it works. Don't know really what he does. He doesn't do much. But the eels come off them and then everybody goes in this Neptune and they escape. They go up to the top and- And we see Walter Pigeon cry. And uh, and the lady's like, boy, oh boy, I sure do love kissing you on your lips. I'm going to, we're going to get married. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that. And then we never even found out if uh, Blake got the information for the insurance company. And we also didn't really understand. Like the funny thing is the guy who sacrificed himself was the guy who had claustrophobia. And like- Oh, was that him? I don't even understand. Like what was the point? Was he so distraught after of not being able to perform his duty that he- killed himself and sacrificed himself for the good. Wouldn't you the doctor have been killing himself? I'm so confused. He's like the leader. I don't know. I guess if I was the leader, I'd be like, you're useless. Get out of here. And I'd push the guy out. Right? Wouldn't everyone? Yeah. But that's it. We even came in under time. No, no, no. We're going to, we have three more minutes to talk. So I have a couple more, a couple, I have a couple questions for you guys. Okay. <laughs> so what does Neptune factor mean? Uh, I thought about that already. Obviously, we get Neptune from the name of the submersible, but I was yep. trying to figure out what factor meant. It actually plays yeah. into my uh, countdown tonight. Uh, and I think you'll find that my factor makes a lot more sense than the Neptune factor. Good. Because I wouldn't say even... No, no, no. That wasn't the real one. <laughs> Don't listen. To that. That, is, that is fake We're Kyle good. news. He's not... He's, he's, he just moved that up. Moving on. Because no. an alternate title was... Well, anyways, it's part of the trivia. So, fine. There. Whatever. I don't even care. All right. The, the Neptune factor would suggest that the factor that that Neptune in this is what is causing it's it's like a, right, a chemical yeah. or an element or something that is making all these animals balloon to like ten times their normal size. But See, I like it's the that. Name I like that sub- interpretation. We, yeah, but it's the name nice of the submersible. This- yeah, what's nice about this film is that it's such um, garbage and means nothing that you could just make up a whole different story for what's happening, and it's probably just as likely as what actually was meant to be. Yeah. All right, let's get some ratings. Let's go. I never go first. I never go first, so I want to go first on this one. No. What, oh. do you want to go first? No, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, thanks, man. It's very <laughs> Christ- mighty Christian of you. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> This movie, I thought, had a lot of potential. Like, when you look at the storyline, you're like, oh, maybe this could be cool. But it was so bad. Like, the effects were probably the worst that we've ever seen in any of these movies. I mean, Stinger, but... Oh, well, all right, yeah, all right. This, though, I mean, literally, like you said, it was when you're in the submarine, you are looking out and it is just a video of an aquarium. Yeah. You never see like anybody on screen. It never looks real. No, not at all. Not even close. It was boring. Like we said. Real boring. (laughs) Yeah. It took like a fucking hour to just even see this sea. Even see the, even when they promised sea monsters and all this giant fish. Okay. So I waited an hour out of an hour and like 25 minute movie. To see a giant fish that all you see it is through a window, so it doesn't even look, fucking look like it. it. Could just be under my uh, magnifying glass, and that's all it is. It looks you, like garbage. Yeah, you are better off going to your local aquarium store, 100%. or if you have your own aquarium, just go look at it. Yeah, uh, you could you could make this movie. <laughs> you probably should look at it because yeah, you got to take care of those fish. Yeah, you probably should. This yeah. this for me is a uh, it's a two out of ten. Wow. It's bad. That's actually higher than I thought you would give it. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Come All on, right, Zach. I'll go. I'll go. Oh, Brom's eager. Ah, well, if you're if uh, it's, it's better than dead air, better than dead air. <laughs> Coming in hot, guys. I'm going to give this a nine. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Uh, I'd say kind of similar to my follow-up uh, and review on The Incredible Mr. Limpet, I couldn't say really with any certainty whether this movie was created top-down or bottom-up. 
it seemed all too possible that the film studio got their hands on, you know, cutting edge footage, you know, cutting edge for the time of exotic fish. And then we're like, you know, how can we make a major motion picture out of this? And, you know, the conventional approach would be to make a documentary with a voiceover talking about the various fish and facts about them and everything. And that's where the Neptune factor uh, took a sharp 90-degree turn and made a sleep-inducing sci-fi movie that tacked on, you know, this fictional and I'd, I'd say it was decisively lame rescue operation at the bottom of the sea. And then they lambasted us with the National Geographic footage of the sea creatures uh, and then the camera, you know, would ba- bounce back and forth from the, the footage of the, the, the aquarium footage uh, to the various reactions of the A-listers in this film, which just consisted solely of them staring, you know, moon-faced off into space. <laughs> uh, as Jamie sort of alluded to, you know, Neptune Factor reminded me of The Abyss, where you almost have two movies operating side by side, you know, side by side of each other, you know, where The Abyss had two interesting movies side-mounted. <laughs> the Neptune Factor, you know, had glamour shots and action so- shots that were singularly uneventful. And the uh, amalgamation of, of both together was a tedious disaster. And I'm going to give it a two. Ooh, wow. man. All right. So just for reference, because you you mentioned Solo, Zach, and I just wanted to, you know, remember exactly when Star Wars A New Hope came out. Yeah. It was only th- three years after this movie. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's episode four, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And the, think about these special effects. Yeah, more than enough time to figure out the special effects is what you're saying. So this is right on par with the highest quality special effects we could have expected. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to leave Zach for the uh, for the end. And I'm going to say- I, I like it. I'm actually a little surprised you guys went so high on this one. <laughs> um, this is a pile of garbage. Uh, it's some dog shit that was shoved into my face. And it is maybe it's because it's a Canadian film. They were like, hey, boys, here's a- Hey, do you like this? Do you want to talk about this movie up down at the Tim Hortons? Uh, Sorry, <laughs> Canadian fans. We still love hey, you. Check out check out this. Uh, it's pretty good, right? Hey, this is pretty. This script looks pretty good because um, it was horseshit and boring and didn't actually seem like it was an actual movie. It seemed like it was someone who thought they knew what a movie was about. And then they started making a movie and everyone around them were like, does he know what a movie is? Like, I was kinda, Does he actually know what a movie is? I'm confused. We're just... Uh, Filming scuba divers all day. <laughs> yeah. The actors are sitting there being like, Ooh, they haven't filmed any of us yet. <laughs> and they've just filmed most of this in a fish tank. Yeah. It is bad. Um, really, as I was watching it and fin- finishing watching it, I had to ask myself whether I thought this was uh, worth more to me than Agent Red. Now, I think it is, but barely. So I give it a 1.5. 1.5. Like we're they were, we're trying, so at least. we're so upset, like we're splitting hairs on like half a point, and we're like, no, no way, that's way too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys went way over. <laughs> yeah. All right, Zach, bring this back to Earth, man. Okay, oh, well, it's going Ten. to Earth. Yeah, guys, I love this movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, this was literally. I haven't watched every movie yet. This is this is the worst one. This is the worst movie. I, I couldn't. I got through it at almost two times the speed, but I got through it. And <laughs> I almost put I almost put it up speed. I thought like, of you when I almost almost pressed it times two. <laughs> I, 
was at two and I couldn't even understand the dialogue. And I was like, I don't even care. It doesn't even, the dialogue doesn't matter. None I'm, of this matters. I'm literally watching a fish tank. Like that's, that's it. I think um, what we need to do, we need to re-edit this film to include Mr. Limpet in it yes. so that you can enjoy it. Maybe yes. like, that's a if, 10. If Limpet was, what did I give that? Nine and a half. If Limpet was a nine and a half, something I would genuinely watch again. This is a movie I would never watch again. Therefore, I'm giving it a flat zero. Wow. Oh, you give it the stinger treatment. Yep. Over. Zero. Yeah, Zach this is pack. garbage. This deserves to be... <laughs> The second or third worst reviewed. I think this would come in third for us. Probably. Third worst reviewed film. Because it is terrible. It is. Because I was also trying to compare this to another Walter Pigeon movie we watched, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Oh, that's way better, right? Yeah. Yeah. At least they had the yeah. mini sub oh, and it blew they, up. They had all kinds of stuff actually happen in that film. It made me appreciate that one more. <laughs> like, like imagine someone giving you the choice. Oh, you can either watch Neptune Factor or Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. I'd be like, uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea like every day for the next- 10 years so like yeah. i would never watch nephew factory i'd rather watch that one they actually had things happening and that was horseshit i hated that movie it's crazy all right you got some trivia for us oh yeah i do want to start with saying that the the poster for this was amazing it had this like giant sea monster on it it said the most fantastic undersea odyssey ever filmed and then it said the neptune factor and i was like super jazzed for it because the poster looks good amazing you're like oh this is going to be a cool monster movie it is not. It is not. So do not get tricked by this Canadian poster. Canadians apparently very good at making posters, terrible at making movies. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. So anyways, this is also known as the Neptune Disaster, which is even a worse title because it's clearly not a disaster involving the Neptune at all. <laughs> what were they thinking? And so it had an extended subtitle, an Undersea Odyssey, which was seen in a lot of different spots. I don't know why they just didn't call it Undersea Odyssey, which is actually a very appropriate title. But whatever. Well, you don't want to waste it on a movie like this. I mean, I guess, but they really liked it and they kept on putting it everywhere. Yeah, they did. The most fantastic undersea odyssey ever filmed. And then it had a subtitle, Neptune Factor, and Undersea Odyssey. Then at the end of the film, they at the end, they said Undersea Odyssey at the very end in the credits. And then it was released in some countries as an Undersea Odyssey. And then it was released also as Neptune Disaster and Undersea Odyssey. They just love that phrase. But for some reason, they couldn't pull the trigger on just making it the title. Don't know why. Zach, Zach, do you have a better uh, tagline for this movie? <laughs> Guys, I, uh, I'm still not paying attention on that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's all right. Trivia number two. Over 2,000 sea animals were imported from the waters adjacent to more than 50 countries and trained to act on cue for this movie, which is a piece of trivia I do not believe. Wait, that's not a Zach fact? That's That is what they said was real. Yeah, that is not real. I do not believe that, but that is what I saw. Yes. That sounds like a Zach fact to me. (laughs) And then producer Sandy Howard consulted a large number of marine biologists, oceanographers, oceanographers and itchiologists two years prior to taking the script into production. That's something I do believe since there is a lot of like heavy duty, like um, kind of ocean lab stuff in it. Cause this was around the time where there was a right. lot of ocean labs being built. NASA made one. Um, there were, there were like three different ones being made or in process at that mm-hmm. point. All right. So more than 40 technical consultants from the Canadian armed forces, the Bedford Institute of Oceanography and the Royal Ontario Museum, as well as representatives from industries involved in various aspects of the undersea world participated in the making of this film. 
So again, I feel like that does make sense. I mean, it had that boat, that research boat. It had a lot of scuba scenes. Obviously, those things would be a little harder to film Mm -hmm. than some normal scenes. So I buy all that. I just don't buy 2,000 sea animals being trained. No, not at all. On cue. Like, get the fuck out of here. Those eels were, oh, they were acting on cue, really? Those Mm -hmm. fucking eels were? Get out of here. Well, and they had all those catfish around. They were really close to that Neptune. Cool. I remember you saying that they were so close to that. Um, they were trained. <laughs> totally trained. That submersible. They didn't just have food or anything near there. They were right. trained. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, I did want to share before I get into my final casting what ifs. I did want to share a little story that I found about the Neptune Factor in Ernest Borgnine's autobiography called Ernie, where he basically just riffs on all the films that he made, which is, sounds actually pretty cool. I kind of want to uh, read the book now. So Ernie in stores everywhere. Uh, So he's talking about the Neptune Factor, 1973. But uh, so in his uh, autobiography, he says, when a studio has a hit, someone else inevitably tries to make the same picture again on the cheap and in a hurry. Hollywood moguls always hope the lightning will strike twice. It rarely does, but they keep trying. With the Poseidon Adventure lining them up at the box office, a bunch of investors put together one about a submarine that has to rescue workers trapped in an undersea lab following an earthquake. Hey, I'm not being critical here. Producers are in business to make money, and not everything has to come from the heart or be a work of art. Me, as long as I'm having fun, that's enough. So he basically does like whatever he people offer him as long as he's having some fun yeah so he says i was having breakfast on sunset boulevard one morning when it come in comes producer sandy howard a friend of mine he was about half drunk he said damn it i've got a picture shooting and you would be perfect in it i said then how come i'm not in it and he said you are now but first i gotta find a goddamn director seems they were having problems with whoever had been engaged and had to replace them a lot of submarine footage had been shot up in Canada, where it was cheaper to build sets and hire crews. Unfortunately, the lighting was unrealistic, and the special effects showing the ocean outside the portals of the lab were terrible. That would explain ha- Sandy's half-drunkenness. <laughs> so he basically goes on to say, like, and, and they fixed none of it in the end. Right, yeah, it was still horrible. Yeah. Like, or was it even worse than what it was then? No, he said, they said, I swear, we ended up making that picture three times before they got it right. Got it right. <laughs> it's not bad, though I doubt it's on anyone's top 10 favorite movie list. I'm glad I got to work with Mr. Pigeon, who died shortly thereafter. <laughs> but yeah, and then he talks about uh, the woman, says, what a doll, I swear, I've spent more time with beautiful women than a guy with a kisser like mine has any right to. And I get paid for it! Exclamation point! Ooh. Yeah. That's the merman himself from SpongeBob. Yeah. I did like, uh, I did, I, I really like that he just talked about the producer as being like half drunk in the morning. He was eating breakfast yeah. and sees his, this producer drunk. He's like, you should be in this movie. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it. Sure. All right. So I'm going to do the casting what ifs. So this is the Neptune factor, right? I'm talking about Neptune, one of the planets. So which of these other stars that f- were in films? with names of planets in them would have been good in this one. So what about Mercury Risings, Bruce Willis? Oh, I can see Brucey Bruce in anything. I feel like he's the Ben Gazzara. I think so. He's like the gruff. Although you want him to be the hero, so maybe he would have to be uh, Ernest Borgnine. That doesn't make all that much sense. No. They have to expand maybe the doctor role, show a little bit more in that ocean lab as he fights off eels. And then have... Bruce Willis trapped for most of the movie. You only well, see him for like two minutes. No, no, no. You'd see, that's what I'm saying. They'd have to reach. Uh, they have to shoot it where he. That would be more of a focus as well. I'd put him as Gazara. Yeah, Gazara. I think he's so. a gruff, but then it turns out that he's like he's actually got a, soft a good heart. guy. Yeah. What about uh, Peter O'Toole, who we know from Brahms War, aka Murphy's War? Mm. Uh, he was in Venus, the movie Venus. So, what would he be good as? I mean, I, I think there's an obvious answer here. It's Walter Pigeon's character, right? 
o- older Peter O'Toole, where he's like, Rawr. yeah, and I guess an older one. Yeah, I can see it. He'd have to be because he's so drunk. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know why I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Anyways, what about uh, Will Smith, who was in After Earth? Oh. There's not many characters in this. That's the one thing. Oh, he's the hothead who dies. How about that one? Will what, Smith. What, what about wow. that character in the beginning with, with the uh, with the with the heart monitor, right? Oh, the. I think he would demographically fit that role. You're talking about the doctor, or are you talking about the guy who has the heart monitor? <laughs> oh, on the, oh, the guy, black with, guy. The, oh, with the gray cool. hair. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if if you like, just like watch the movie. Like, is it Will Smith in this <laughs> really minor role? Uh, if you like him for that role, you'll like like this next guy, Ghosts of Mars, Ice Cube. Oh, who would I put Ice Cube as, dude? It'd be, I, I, <laughs> I love Ice Cube. I think there be there could be some funny banter between um, Ice Cube and Bruce Willis if Ice Cube was Mac. Yeah, I think he's Mac. Uh, what about Channing Tatum? That's Jupiter what I was going to make sure you did before you get to Ed Harris. <laughs> oh, Ed Harris is in yeah, a movie with a planet? Absolutely. Oh, yes, he is. Um, <laughs> let's see. Channing Tater Tot. He's got to die, right? Channing Tatum would be the, no, he'd be like the sexy doctor down Ooh. the trip there. See, again, you only see him for a couple minutes, but now you're he's like. The hot, he's the hothead. He's the hothead with the wrench. Maybe, oh, yeah. but he could actually kill. I actually feel like this, this next guy, he's the guy. So Harry Keitel, Saturn Three, what are we, that he'd be the hothead, right? Of course, I'm talking mm-hmm. about Harvey Keitel. Yeah, I was making a callback joke <laughs> for new listeners. The best to anyone who just tuned in. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like he could be a hothead. He could yeah. be the hothead guy. Do you? Yeah. And then, of course, Ed Harris in that famous motion picture. You bet your anus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Zach fact. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, who would I want Eddie to be? Whichever one requires him. I mean, I think at one point, if he was part of like the people getting rescued, you have to have the eels where it eats off his shirt and then his like rippling abs and stuff are shown. <laughs> he's just, he's on that team getting rescued. You know how you saw guys sharing air? Yeah. He just doesn't require any air the entire time he's down there for nope. seven days. Keeps all his air in those abs. Mm-hmm. Delightful. So, yeah. There I'd, we go. I'd, I'd put him as like that weird number two guy behind Mac. <laughs> just if, keeps if on Mac making coffee. Were, if Mac were Ice Cube. and <laughs> just like, hey, you want some Bruce more coffee? If Bruce Willis were Gazzara. Yeah, it'd be Ed Harris. It's like, Ed Harris, we don't need any more coffee. Yeah. You're just the janitor, okay? And definitely not a serial killer. So get out of here. And then, whoa. Oh, they all start dying. How did Jansen die? On the submersible. I don't know. You guys were looking at something. <laughs> Who was it? There's only four of us on the submersible. <laughs> uh, okay. And just to finish it up, Phantom Zone, this one's real easy because uh, I, we actually found this movie through Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Neptune Factor has Ernest Borgnine. Borgnine, as we have mentioned, has a major role in Torpedo Run. That features LQ Jones. LQ is in a film called Battle of the Coral Sea with Teru Shumata. Now, Teru Shumata. <laughs> I hear that name on. all the time. I mean, I basically, I've hammered it home. Like, Teru Shumata, 
He you was in the that link. bond. He is the link to everything. He was in the James Bond with Sean Connery. Sean Connery is in Hunt for Red October. Blah, 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 blah. So on, so on, so on. Keep on going. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep on doing this for the next hour and a half. And you all have to listen to it. No, nope. blah, 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 blah. I'll just mute do, it. Do, 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 do. Phantom Zone. Crazy. We got to get Terry Shamat on the show. He's he's the common thread idea, for he's alive. everything. He's the he's the meaning. You gonna look at him to up? Life. Yeah. All right, somebody get IMDb Pro and contact go. Shimada. Got it. All right, cool. Contacting Shimada. That's our new film. <laughs> All rights reserved. Yes. Hi, is this Shimada? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, <laughs> he died in 1988. Oh, shit. Unfortunately. Well. Oh, Ouija board episode. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky ghost, ghost of Terror Shimada, yeah. the most offensive episode we've ever released. <laughs> it's it's sub 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 world world wide wide wide. All right. So in this film, for like two minutes, we saw a submarine, not a submersible, and as Jamie had mentioned earlier, it was the Canadian Oberon class. This is actually a British-designed submarine built from 1957 to 1978. Built for quite a long time. They were operated from 1960 to the year 2000. UK had 13 of them. Australia had six. Brazil had three. Canada, three. Chile, two. Eight of these, ah, eight of these have been preserved as museums. But there's none in the U.S. They're all other places. So they were operated during the Cold War, and they were used for surveillance, tracking ships and subs, delivery and retrieval of special forces, and being targets for anti-sub training. By that, I don't mean like blowing them up, but they were used in some war game type stuff. So these are attack patrol subs, length 295.2 feet. The engine they can generate with their generators. My wording's not good. Uh, <laughs> They have two 1,280 kilowatt generators, two 3,000 horsepower diesel electric motors. While they're surfaced, they can travel at 12 knots, submerged 17. Range 10,350 nautical miles. Go to a test depth of 650 feet. For the crew, if you guys do a little addition, you might find this kind of funny. They have seven officers and 62 submariners. For a crew of 69. Word yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weapons. They had six 21-inch torpedo tubes in the bow holding 20 torpedoes. And then in the stern, they have two 21-inch torpedo tubes, but they only had two preloaded torpedoes. And I don't know if this is true or not. Like you said about that fact with the fish, I thought this was kind of sketchy. So online in Wikipedia, it said that... Once the Mark 20S torpedo was retired in the 80s, the stern torpedo tubes were used to store beer. Hmm. Real or fake? I don't know. It sounds pretty specific, though. Yes, it does. So these subs were based off the previous Porpoise class, but the hulls were improved so the subs would be quieter and could dive deeper, and they upgraded all the equipment. Three boats were given names for Canada of Canadian First Nations. The Ojibwa the Onondaga, and the Okanagan. Yeah, so this was the uh, Onondaga. That was the one that was in the film, or it was the name that was- Is it? Yeah. 
And as soon as they came to Canada, the Navy was using them, like I said, to do some anti-sub training. Two more of these were eventually acquired by Canada. One, they were never sailed. One was just used as like a training vessel that was stationary. And then the other one was used for parts. And it was dismantled in the UK and sent over as 22,050 pieces. <sighs> by the late 70s, these were already obsolete. Canada purchased them in 1963. And the first one was delivered in 65. So they just had to start upgrading them. And as you remember, when Canada bought those other subs from Britain, well, it was later, they had all sorts of issues yeah, with those right. too, yeah. like the I one caught that. fire and yeah. all sorts of stuff. But that's it on that. Subs worldwide. <laughs> they have bad luck with uh, submarines and bad luck trying to make movies. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm so hard on Canada. I'm sorry, Canada. I'm just, I, it's this movie. We love you, Canada. Just We just don't love this movie. We're sorry. Zach does have uh, fans in Canada. I do. Is that right? Yeah, for the Zach facts. Oh yeah, Zach facts. It's Zach facts. Uh, so that's that's going to be the end of it, right? So we got to go to the. We're going to be doing some Brahm. Yeah. Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. What do you got for All us? All right. So this week. We watched The Neptune Factor, and I thought this was as good a time as any to tell you about a lesser-known factor called the Zack Factor. Ooh. Whoa, whoa. Zach, did you okay this? No. All rights reserved. My lawyers will be in touch. All right. I'll lawyer up. So (laughs) with 22 episodes in the books, we have watched some very divisive films in terms of our enjoyment level and ultimately the scores that we award them. As such, I've created a new metric in my spreadsheets called the Zack Factor, which... Wow. <laughs> there we go. You've been practicing those sub sounds for when we do sub sounds again? Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> I'll surprise you one day. <laughs> so the Zack Factor tracks the variance between the highest score given and the lowest score given. As you might have guessed, Zach is frequently the culprit for polarizing for polarizing our record books. <laughs> yes. In fact, in my top five countdown tonight, Zach is responsible for bestowing either the highest or lowest score on four of the five movies that made the top five list here. So this is the top wow. five highest variance, most divisive films we have watched on Submersion this far. Ladies and gentlemen... This is the Zack Factor. <laughs> no, was that the end? <laughs> I think that was the torpedo uh, firing. <laughs> oh, like a <laughs> lightsaber on <Yeah>. the sub. <laughs> uh, okay, so number uh, number five, uh, fifth most divisive film is going to be uh, Murphy's War. All right. So Alex gave this the highest with an eight, and Zach came in with the lowest of three. So a Zach factor variance (laughs) of five points. All right. Number four. It's not strictly the definition of variance, but okay. Jamie, again, I'm not the brain. It's not my responsibility (laughs) for words to actually mean what I want them to mean. (laughs) All right. Number four is below. All right, now this is the one where I came in the highest. I gave it a 6.75, and Alex came in with a 0.7 for a variance of 6.05 points. 
Wow. That's crazy. So Alex really didn't like Blow starring Johnny Depp. That is correct. I think that's correct. That's is that Alex's lowest besides Agent uh, Red? Agent Red is Agent Red lowest is lowest. with a point yeah. six nine. How do you think he would have uh thought to thought what? I think he would have uh I think he would have probably been in the in the zero zero range on this one. Sorry, our microphones were going off screwy for a second. Oh, uh, no, I, I think he would have been uh, really. I think this one might have busted through that Agent yeah. Red I think so barrier too. and gotten the lowest. He might not have watched. He might not have finished watching it. Number three is Operation Petticoat. Whoa. I love yeah, that. Yeah, you did. Petticoat. And you gave it the highest score. You gave it an eight. And resident, uh, resident uh, rabble rouser <laughs> Zach gave it a one. Oh Jesus! Come on, man. <laughs> Not for good. A, for Not a, good. You're like incredible, Mr. Olympic. Amazing <laughs> Operation Petticoat, classic comedy <laughs> film. One boring. Ugh. So, uh, exactly. Zach Factor variant score of seven points between highest and lowest. <laughs> Probably the largest one. <laughs> Number two. No, it's not. This is this is an order. Uh, so we're so it's only, <laughs> it's only going to get more uh, di- uh, disparate. Uh, Number two is the Incredible Mister Limpet. Oh, number two. Uh, I gave this a one. <laughs> Zach, on the other hand, loved it. Gave it a nine and a half for a Zach factor variance of eight and a half. How could you give that movie a one? Yeah. <laughs> See? See? Come on. No, I can agree. Actually. <laughs> I was pretty close to that. But a one, one is just very low. It is very low. There's so many redeeming qualities. <laughs> Pickle. Stickle. Stickle. <laughs> I was saying that over the weekend. My girlfriend didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> She's like, I'm leaving you. <laughs> You're like, Stickle. <laughs> and number one is Crimson Tide with both Kyle and Jamie coming in with a 10 and Zach coming in with a 0. .5 <laughs> for a Zach factor variance of nine and a half points. Ooh. I think the only thing that could beat it is maybe Das Boot. When we're like, it's a 12-incher, it's an amazing movie. And Zach's like, oh, boring garbage, zero. And we're just like, what the fuck? Can't wait. <laughs> right? I do have a couple. I have a couple oh. fun facts from uh, diving into this metric. Uh, I want to share with everyone. Uh, first of all, being believe it or not, we could have almost called it the mustard factor, as Ooh, Alex no has actually been responsible for the highest or lowest score on all but two of the films he has watched and reviewed. Wow! Yeah, he's, Seriously, he's, he's in there. Either loves them or hates them, I guess. Dang. And uh, Alex's scores, however, aren't nearly as disparate from uh, his co-hosts as Zach's often are, though. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely got some uh, stark opinions f- from the rest of the group. Uh, and the other fun fact I wanted to share is Jamie is responsible for most frequently giving the highest score on the films we watch, as he. Ho- he holds the highest score on nine of the 22 films that we've reviewed. Wow. 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 You just love them. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the wow. Zach factor. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. I like I like that it had my name <laughs> in it. That's weird how that worked. <laughs> I like that it had Zach's name in it. <laughs> Hashtag Zach factor. Yes. <laughs>
Speaking of something with your name in it, you got some of those Zach facts? Yeah, I got a few Zach facts for everybody out there today. <laughs> New theme song. Zach facts, it's Zach facts. When you're going down, get some Zach facts when you're going down. <laughs> Not a lot because I didn't like this movie. This movie was trash. <laughs> I mean, all right, so let's just start it off then. So the Neptune Factor, Zach Fax, number one, none of the film was actually filmed underwater. Fact. Oh, wow. This is like, uh, so not actually underwater means not even in a pool. Like, yeah. it's like, it's almost Nothing. like a gravity type situation where they set up like a whole bunch of, like a whole uh, studio where they were floating on wires and stuff. Yeah, it makes, makes you kind of appreciate it a little bit better, doesn't it? It, it does. really does. You don't <laughs> even see those wires. You don't see the wires yeah. at all, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, uh, fact number two. The original opening scene didn't have any dialogue for the first 25 minutes. But test audiences thought that that was a bit too much. So they cut it back to six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was still how excessive. long was it yeah, yeah. six minutes and 18 felt, felt seconds forever <laughs> you know the exact time i made sure to figure that one out oh my gosh because i was like no way this is for real right now at least for you it was only like three minutes all right exactly that's what was nice all right fact number three the underwater earthquake was not scripted the director had to change the entire plot to the movie <laughs> Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. <laughs> for how this, for how everything transpired, I just I get it. You know, you gotta overcome adversity and work with what you're given. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like now, an underwater earthquake. <laughs> um. So, but doesn't that make you think? Well, if the director had to change the plot, what happened to the original script? What happened? Well, the original script would be adapted from an ocean movie to a land movie. And it would go on to become Animal House. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Who would have thought? I wouldn't have guessed at it for a Canadian production. <laughs> right? Oh. We're, you- all right. <laughs> Was Otis Day in the Nights still going to perform? I do not know that information, Kyle. Oh, come on. You can only assume yes. That kind of information has yeah. been lost to the ages. One and a half hours ago when Zach made these. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> All right. And here we go. The last Zach fact of the night. Kyle's wife told me Kyle cried at the end of the movie. Oh. Fact. I mean, that's really sweet. She wasn't supposed to say anything. Uh, it's really. And she's definitely not supposed to talk to you. Really, Kyle? You... We talk every week, every Sunday. It's like clockwork. Yeah. Were you crying because you realized that Walter Pigeon passed away shortly after the end, the filming of this film, and you saw him crying, and it made you cry? No, it was just it was so beautiful. Um, yeah. The way that Leah Jansen rescued her, you know, love, and it just really, you know, touched my heart. Yeah, I actually cried a little bit during this film too. You're yeah. so sad From about watching. No, 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 because they they showed the inside of the submarine where they were calling up, mm-hmm. and. The guy looked at the camera and said, "This one's for you, Jamie," and pulled out his dick. And I was like, "Whoa, that really, that really <laughs> touches me." Thank you. It's three D, literally. It touches yeah. me. I was like, "Wow, 
that's just really kind of you to go out of your way in this one that's a submersible. Not you don't need to. I mean, there's no captain of a submersible, really. Right. So I was expecting no dicks. I got one, and I was like, "Thank you," and a little tear rolled down my eye. All right. Jamie's story was much more oddly touching than mine. <laughs> much more odd. Yeah. I don't know. Just a personal message from the past for yeah. me. Don't know what to think about that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So last week we had a letter from a listener where we were asked about the name of the submarine. Our submarine. Yeah. That, Our that submarine. we're on. Yeah. Yeah. We never gave a solid answer. We didn't because we weren't, um, or just not, probably not smart enough for that. No, but we, we need to do it. We need to do it for these listeners. So you're saying we need, need to now improvise again to try yeah. to attempt again. Okay. All right. Cool. So, so along with the names we came up with, we had the USS Minnow Johnson, the USS Wet Floater, <laughs> and then I also- um, Sounds like it's growing on you. Thought, hey, why not- it it kind of is. <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> um, we could. This show was started due to Phantom. Could be the USS Ed Harris, USS Phantom, USS David Duchovny, That's or the USS name. Fickner. Oh, Fickner. I don't I know. Like, I like the uh, the floater, the wet floater. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something with bananas. I love bananas. You like the wet floater? I like wet floater. I crack me. We all like wet floater? <laughs> I like it. That's funny. All right. All in favor of the U- <laughs> christening this sub, the USS wet floater. Aye. 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 All right. That's what it is. Wow. Congratulations, okay. guys. All right, fans. It's up to you to design something for that. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't get enough of us? Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, please go ahead and give us a rating. 